All right. So, um, not, not just here, but everywhere you look and you see a emptiness when it comes to, to church. You see empty parking lots, you see empty seats. And, of course, there's a, a lot of things going on. And there's the normal things that keep us away, the normal excuses, the normal things. And then we have the, the, the fear that's been driven with the different the virus and different things and but there it's more than just that because people always have a way of accomplishing what they want to do we see that there's a, a pandemic going on but we can look and we see the beaches are full we can see the the protests are full we can see all these different gatherings but yet these gatherings remain small Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to gather in your house once again, to be able to, to speak your word. Father, I ask you to just take and let your true message shine through. Take myself out of the way, Father. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. And uh, so I've been, I've been thinking on this, and you know, what is it that causes these, these situations? What is the thing that we're doing that's holding ourselves back? Because if it's something that we, we want to do, we do it. If it's something that we see is going to be beneficial to us, we're willing to put in the time and effort. And I think we're looking at things from a wrong perspective. We're not seeing our true selves. When uh, someone gets to the, the point of a, of a crisis whether it be drug addiction or alcoholism or something of like that, they may, may have what they call an interdiction, an intervention, where a group of their family and friends will come together and they'll sit the person down. And the goal of this is to make them see that there is a problem. And for many of us today, I don't believe that we see there is a problem. We don't see the problem that lies in us. If you was to poll people, go around asking, do you think people are good? Most people are going to say yes. There's songs about it talks about the, the goodness of people. There is a lot, of, a lot of things. Now, people are making the arguments now that things like socialism and communism would work and work very well because people would come together and work well together. But the fact is, we are flawed. We don't like to think of ourselves any less than perfect. We don't want to be wrong. We don't want to be criticized. We don't want to admit that we have any faults. But the fact is that we all are sinners. Psalms chapter 14.
Verse 3. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord in his holy temple, the throne in his heaven, his eyes behold and his lids and try the children of every man. The Lord tricketh the righteous and tricketh him that love violence and soul hateth. Upon the wicked shall rain snares and fires and brimstone and horrible tempests. For the righteousness of the Lord love righteousness and the countenance do hold the upright. Fourteen and three. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. For there is none that doeth good. No, not one. That is each and every one of us. We are selfish. And we've talked about this before. We are selfish because we want to say, look at what I can do. We want to put our faith in man and what man can do, what science can do, what money can do, what man can do. But the fact is, we are nothing without God. It is God that's given us all these abilities. It is God that's given us the maps to draw conclusions from science. The Bible, God's word, it all proves what man is trying to prove through science. The wealth that we obtain, it's all from God. But we want to take him out of the equation. We want to make it all about us. see in uh, we're going to talk about, about Solomon and uh, touched on this a few weeks ago first Kings Solomon the son of David he grew up in the kingdom in the palace he grew up watching his father he seen his father's love of God He's seen the mistakes he made. He's seen the repentance. He's seen all of these things. And because of all of this, it gave him a strong foundation with God. For his heart was right. Because of this, he prayed for wisdom. He didn't pray for selfish things. He prayed for wisdom. He wanted to be a good ruler for his people. He wanted to serve them well. And because of this, because of his heart, because of his conditioning, because of his walk with God, God supplied him with an abundance of everything that he needed and everything that he wanted. But we see that it only lasted for so long. Because here we have Solomon a man that grew up with God, grew up with a godly father, instructions, teachings, everything he needed. And then he was granted the gift of wisdom. He was arguably the smartest man that's ever lived. He had wealth 
and means beyond any man. He had every single advantage. He had all the knowledge. He had everything he possibly needed. But one thing happened. Selfishness got into the way. First Kings 11 and 33. For thou hast forsaken me and worshipped Asterisk, the goddess of Zenos, Kimon, the god of Mobites, Malcolm, the god of the children of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways, to do which is right in my eyes, to keep my statutes for my judgments as did David his father. How I bet I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him a prince of all the days of his life of David my servant's sake for I choose because he has kept my commandments and my statutes but I will take the kingdom out of his son's hands and I will give it to thee the ten tribes he had all the answers but yet he failed he married all these wives from foreign lands. And wanting to please them. And the benefit, the selfish benefit you get from when you please others. He turned against God. He did ungodly things. And that cost him everything. What's my point? He had all the answers. He had everything he needed. So what does that say for us? That's not well read. That our walk could be stronger. That our situations could be better. Our finances could be better. Our situations, anything that we have, it could be better. Because we're not quite to this level how easy is it for us to fall we're already broken we're already damaged and if we don't have something to keep us on the path we are going to go off of it it's like going on a road trip with a broke down car and no map the Word of God is our map. It is our guidance. It is our voice-activated GPS. And it is what we need to follow. Matthew 14. John the Baptist was in prison. Six. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of the Herods danced before them and pleased Herod. And upon he promised with an oath to give her whatever she wanted. And he being before instructed of her mother to give him the head of John the Baptist's head on a charger. And the king was sorry, nevertheless, but for the oath's sake to which he said unto him that he commanded to be given to her. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel. And she brought it to her mother. Look at what we see here. 
we see this man in power. And because of some entertainment, he was selfishly being entertained. And he gives an oath. And because of this, he cannot go back on his oath. He has a face that he has to maintain. So he keeps up his oath. And he takes the life of a man that he had no intentions of doing. But he had to because he fell into this trap of selfishness. And to further go on, this, this damsel, this girl, she did not want this. It was what her mother wanted. She talked to her. This is what her mother asked of her. So we see another time, someone trying to please someone else and someone wanting something for selfish reasons. We all have a price. We all have our, our wants, our needs. But what is our price that we're willing to receive them? There was a, a movie long time ago. I don't even remember the name of it or much about it, but I knew the, the concept was that you could get whatever you wanted, but in return, someone else had to die. You didn't know them. You didn't know where they were or anything. It just it happened. How many of us are we willing to sacrifice someone else to have our wants granted. For what amount of money does it take? For what amount of, of healing, for a change in circumstance, would you be willing to demise someone else, a group of someone else? What we're seeing today, we have people that want something and they are willing to sacrifice innocent people to get what they want. We can't reach a deal on a stimulus package because we keep throwing things in there that has nothing to do with the problem at hand. It's just somebody trying to get what they want. So what happens? People suffer due to selfishness. And on the other side of this, what are you willing to sacrifice for the greater good? We have people in our armed forces, police, fire, that have laid down their lives for the lives of others. They have protected many. They have protected their country, their community, people they've never even met. But it seems today that we are not willing to sacrifice anything for the greater good. If it doesn't involve us, if it doesn't benefit our immediate needs, if it doesn't supply our pleasure, then it doesn't matter. 
if it doesn't fit what we want. The other day, I heard talking on the radio, and uh, they were talking about a, a predominant singer, and a new album that came out. And it's always a, a big deal for the fans when a, a new album comes out. And they analyze it. They look at each and every song and look at the songwriting. They were having a big debate about... If this was a, a ghostwriter, or if this was some other person, which other celebrity was this? And it's amazing that how much time and effort someone is willing to put into something so meaningless. Does it really matter who penned the lyrics? Is it really worth all the time and discussion? Furthermore, now we see that a lot of predominant people are coming under scrutiny for one thing or another. And you'll look as people chime in on that. Oh, no, I can't believe it. I can't believe this is true. I just don't believe that. I refuse to believe it. Now I'm all about innocent until proven guilty. That's the way it should be. Although many times it's not. But the fact is that just because someone is your hero, just because someone is on TV, just because someone has a lot of money, just because someone is a star, doesn't mean they're perfect. Doesn't mean they're the hero they portray in front of everyone. Only God knows what goes on behind closed doors. The word says that things done in the darkness will come to light. And this has been a strange year. Perhaps, though, this is a wake-up call for God. Perhaps that maybe He's not quite done yet. That maybe there's a few more souls out there that can be saved. And maybe now we need to take a little self-reflection and realize that we all, we all, we all are sinners. Each and every one of us. We are all sinners. We all need a Savior. And maybe if some of this darkness comes to light, and maybe if we see that there is evil out there, maybe we'll see that there really is spiritual warfare. There is a battle of good and evil. And maybe that will start a revival. Maybe that's what it's going to take to turn people back to God. Maybe that's what it's going to take to start filling these seats again, to fill these parking lots and start having ears opened up to hear what the truth is. You've heard about scared straight. Maybe it was God's doing, allowing us to be scared straight.
Bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity, Father, just to be able to hear your word today. Father, we ask for the, the strength to overcome, Father. We ask you to take the blinders off our eyes, to take the, the corks out of our ears, Father, to let us be able to filter through your word what makes sense and what doesn't. Father, we ask for changes of heart, Father, for as people start to realize again that we need you, to realize what we have forgotten that we need you, to realize that we need to make a change, that each and every one of us as individuals need to make changes in our own hearts to turn to you totally and completely. Father, we ask to take the, the things out of the way, Father, that's blocking us from making these choices. We ask you to put a hedge of protection around us, Father, because we know that the devil's going to pour on us strong any time that we try to make a, the right choice and turn towards you. We ask for protection from it, Father. We know that that battle's already won, that he has no authority over us, Father. Help us to remember that each and every day. To give us the strength and the peace, Father. Let moves be made, let lives be changed, and things not continue going down the path like they are. We ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.